Welcome to Living Life. Have you ever been in a situation where you had to give a defense uh, for something you have done? And maybe it was in a courtroom, maybe it was in a classroom, but you had to give a defense. Uh, do you remember how you did that? Do you remember what you said? Do you remember what you based that defense upon? Well, what we're going to see in this passage is, um, and we'll see uh, as we go through, Paul is given a defense uh, now that he is standing before uh, Festus, uh, and he has, and he's also at this time speaking before King Agrippa, he's given defense to why he's in this particular position, and he's pointing to the fact that the accusations by the Jewish religious community are not true, but he's now telling King Agrippa what is true. So as we look through this passage. Uh, we're going to see uh, some of the elements of a good defense, especially when we are believers and we are proclaiming our faith before the Lord. Acts chapter 26, verses 13 through 23. About noon, King Agrippa, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Then I asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven first to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and then to the Gentiles. I preach that they should repent and turn to God and demonstrate their repentance by their deeds. That is why some Jews seized me in the temple courts and tried to kill me. But God has helped me to this very day, so I stand here and testify to small and great alike. I am saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen that the Messiah would suffer and, as the first to rise from the dead, would bring the message of light to his own people and to the Gentiles. Welcome back to Living Life. This passage today is one of the most exciting passages. Um, some might look at it and say, oh, it's just Paul speaking about um, you know, his testimony uh, before King Agrippa. But it's more than that. Paul is giving us a lesson as believers, an example of how we should speak when we're before the small or the great or leaders or authorities. 
but we are also before the Lord. So anyway, let's get let's get into the passage. So as we begin the passage, Paul is telling King Agrippa about his testimony, his personal testimony. Now that's really interesting. Paul is essentially in a uh, a court of law, or he's having a hearing before, and actually his life is at stake. Uh, based upon what King Agrippa tells Festus, could mean Paul's life. Uh, especially with respect to the charges that Festus will write to the emperor, who at that time was uh, Nero, Emperor Nero, or Caesar Nero. Uh, but Paul's not concerned about that. Paul's more concerned about giving his personal testimony about how he met Jesus. Wow. Can you imagine that? Being in a courtroom and giving your personal testimony. And your personal testimony is actually working as your defense. Because you have God who's actually defending you as you're giving that personal testimony. Why is our personal testimony important? Because it is our defense. I love this. There's a song that we sing and it talks about Jesus being our righteousness and our one defense. And that's exactly what's going on. And this is the, this is what we're, we're getting from Paul, the impression that God is his defense. So he just tells his personal testimony, even though his life is at stake uh, before he actually arrives before Emperor Nero. So what do we, what is he telling us? He says, he's saying about noon and he's telling King Agrippa, you know, I was on my way to Damascus. I was on the way with my companions, essentially to, uh, to either one, vote uh, for Christians to be killed or two, to throw them into prison. He's actually going to Damascus. Why is this significant? Because most of what Paul did was in Jerusalem in the synagogues, but he's going outside of the, uh, the normal city of Jerusalem. And he's going to foreign cities to even track down Christians. That's how zealous he was. We'll continue to see how zealous Paul is throughout. So, but he's telling uh, King Agrippa this uh, about and essentially saying, hey, I was a zealous Jew and and but at the time uh, I met that's when I met Jesus. And he says while he was on the road, he said he heard a voice saying to him, uh, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he, he says, who are you, Lord? He says, this is Jesus, you, the one you are persecuting. Now, the interesting thing here is Jesus equates himself intimately and personally with those Christians who are being persecuted. Paul was persecuting the Christians. I'm sure in Paul's mind, he's not thinking, I'm persecuting Jesus. I'm just persecuting these Christians who are essentially blaspheming our, our Jewish faith. But Jesus says, you're persecuting me. It makes it very personal and intimate that he's the one that's being persecuted when his children uh, are being uh, impacted by these actions of Paul. Now, Paul goes on and says, uh, at that point in time, he says, Jesus told him, I'm going to rescue you from your people and I'm going to send you to the Gentiles. Uh, I'm sending you to them to kind of be a light to the Gentiles. And so Paul's telling Agrippa this. Now, why is this important? Because Paul is this good Jew, right, who is zealous for the faith. And he's telling King Agrippa, who has a background and knowledge in this, in this particular area, that God, Jesus, is sending me to the Gentiles to be a light to them. 
But what he's, but he doesn't mention, which is part of his testimony, one, that he was actually blind for a period of time, and two, that God sent a man called Ananias to actually pray over him and to uh, give, open up and give him sight again. He doesn't mention that at all. He only sticks to what Jesus told him. And then he supports what he's saying, what Jesus is saying, um, by what the Old Testament prophets said and Moses said. Now, what did the Old Testament prophets and Moses say? They said uh, that, in fact, the Messiah would suffer and as, the, as of the first to rise from the dead would bring the message of light to his own people and to the Gentiles. So Paul is saying, hey, King Agrippa, what was just told to me by Jesus is the same thing that the Old Testament prophets and Moses spoke about. So I'm not saying anything more than or beyond what the Old Testament prophets and Moses spoke about. So Jesus must be the same, must be the Messiah who they were speaking about because Jesus told me the same thing. So Paul is making his argument uh, about his, uh, how he met Jesus, but he's also making an argument about Jesus being the Messiah that was spoke about by the Old Testament prophets and Moses. Uh, what an amazing uh, defense he's giving. And his defense is really based upon not just his relationship with Jesus, but now he's using his background because Paul was very gifted in terms of uh, his Hebrew knowledge. He studied under one of the greatest rabbis, which is, was really considered a rabbi, Gamaliel, and he's, he's pouring in and using that information uh, to help him in this particular argument. And as he's speaking to King Agrippa, King Agrippa knows that in fact, uh, this is one of the things that was spoken by the Old Testament prophets and by, uh, and by Moses uh, because he was kind of, King Agrippa was a student of Old Testament history uh, practices and also he had uh, Old Testament knowledge. Now the other thing I, just, I wanted to point out here, which is really interesting, uh, oftentimes we'll, we'll see in scripture that Paul will talk about being the least of the apostles because Paul didn't actually walk with Jesus, um, like John and Peter actually walked with Jesus. Paul came later, was called by Jesus. But what, it, which is really interesting that I don't want you to miss in this passage, is Jesus spoke to Paul from heaven. He spoke to Paul from heaven. Peter, John, and the other disciples walked with Jesus. Uh, they were witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus, and they saw Jesus being ascended up into heaven when the two angels said, he who is ascending will return in the same manner. But Paul also is a witness, not only to the resurrected Christ who was ascended, but he is a witness to the ascendant in the enthroned Christ. When he said, it is Jesus, as he spoke to him from heaven, that you are persecuting Paul. I implore you, I urge you to make Jesus your one defense and more importantly, your righteousness. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day and this moment and we thank you for your word. May it be multiplied to the many listeners 
and those who are watching. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a world and stepping in closer, CGMT.